call is now being recorded. Welcome in. Welcome in one. Welcome in all to the latest installment of the Deep Bell of Jimmy Gods podcast. I am your host, TJ. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Tink. Tink, how's it going? How was your Labor Day? Uh, it's going well. Haven't labored at all. Um, just kind of winding down from the the spicy you know we played last night, honestly. True. Yeah. So for those that uh for those that weren't aware, um TJ and Tink had a in person reunion this weekend. We forgot to record a podcast. We mentioned that we might do that and then once again we didn't do it. But I was in Houston, um and we did argue about fantasy a pretty decent amount when I was down there. We just weren't ever hitting record. So and we also argue about a lot of other things, which tends to happen when we get together. It was electric. As expected. <laughs> As expected. Well, Tink, it is officially week one of the NFL season. Um, by the time people are listening to this, it's going to be Tuesday or maybe it's Monday night. I don't really know what your plans are, but it's going to be Tuesday, let's yeah. say. Um, we're going to be two days, two days away from um, the opening kickoff of the 2021-22 NFL season. Um, I'm excited. We've been <laughs> talking about uh, trades and keeper decisions and the draft and everything for like six months, it feels like. Um, and we finally have real games to talk about. And starting next week, we'll have real results. Um, and teams will actually have records, and we can kind of move past this off-season phase um, and into the real season, which I am extremely excited for. Um, and so it is a Monday night, and I know that what we said was that we were going to try to record every Monday night from – here until whenever we stop. <laughs> we'll see how many weeks we actually do that, but um, count this as the week one preview show um, on Monday night. I think our plan is to go through each of the six matchups um, and kind of talk about, um, I don't know, what, what do we want to talk about? Like I said, we, <laughs> we didn't make any uh, preview for this, um, or we didn't make any like plan before this call, and so... Should we do should we do predictions while we go? Should we do predictions at the end? Um, we can do predictions while we go, and I do want to make a quick uh, programming note. We did run into yeah. a few fans of the Demi- Deep Ellum Demigod podcast this week. That's some right, listeners outside of the league. Um, so shout out to them. Yeah, do you have any some, some? You um, said listeners plural. Do you have multiple people you need to be shouting out right now? Yeah, so so Kim Wu, shout out. Um, yep. Colin Foley, listened mm-hmm. against his will, but did listen. So shout out to Colin Foley. <laughs> and I can say the same for Zach Brzezinski. He, he listened also probably against his will, although the jury is out on that one. <laughs> the feedback we got was that Trent needs to enunciate and I need to talk faster. So if, you have any, if anyone out there has any other pro- notes for us, let us know. Um, well like I said we talk on well when I listen to the podcast I also learned that you don't listen back to our podcast which was Mm -hmm. interesting to me I always listen to them as soon as you post them but I do listen in two times speed and so I definitely talk faster than you when we're listening in two times speed but it's not Mm -hmm. necessarily as noticeable Um, and I also feel like 2x speed my enunciation clearer I don't know so 
that would be my recommendation for anyone who's listening to this right now. Just go ahead and speed this up. It'll be over faster. But, um, yeah, shout out to our fans. Special shout out to those people. Probably the only people outside of this league that have listened to the Deep Bell and Demi God podcast. So mm-hmm. we have a loyal um, and growing fan base, and we look forward to producing content for you guys in, in years to come. All right, let's get let's get into it. Which matchup do you want to do first? So, in the way that we have the schedule set up this year, I'm pretty sure it's one versus two, three versus four, five versus six, et cetera, based off of the results from last season. And so, I say we start with eleven versus twelve and kind of work our way up down to one versus two. Agreed. So that's Dylan Murray and Jones. Uh, no. That can't be <laughs> I was just trying to take a shot at Dylan. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry to Dylan. I'm only sorry to the <laughs> listeners who got confused. Well, okay. I forgive you, I guess. <laughs> um, so I think that means the first matchup is Chris versus Grant, right? Yeah. Okay, great. So do you have the, you have the box scores pulled up on your computer yes, or phone? I do. Okay. So I guess let's just talk, um, maybe even before we get into the specifics of um, of this matchup, what do you think about Grant's off-season plan, where he ended last year and kind of what he's starting this, this year with? So Polis's off-season plan, from what I've heard, was he was not going to sell for picks, and he is going to compete. And for a minute there, Trent believe, I believed him, and Trent believed him, <laughs> and then two – running back one fell in his lap and then they both got hurt <laughs> and both <laughs> lost their jobs. So um I think he is probably not going to compete. Um will he do anything? And did he do anything? Answer both no. However, I I texted him, I said, Hey man, now that you have no running backs, are you gonna punt the season? That's what I would do. And he said, Nope. And that was it. <laughs> um, so, sounds like this exact lineup might be the only one we see subbed in for the rest of the year. <laughs> I do. So, I respect. Yeah. I respect his um, his dedication to being a contender this year, and I do hope it works out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at his lineup, because I guess over the course of the off season, we make a lot to do about um, depth. And obviously that's important to most teams in this league, but now that the matchups are starting, it really is just about who's in your starting lineup. And so Grant is going to be starting Dak Prescott against the Buccaneers. He's got Melvin Gordon and Daryl Henderson at running back. He's starting Odell Beckham, Chris Godwin, and Jerry Judy, and then Dallas Goddard at tight end. Uh, and he does have a great defense with the Rams and then Greg the legs as his kicker. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about a lot going on on Thursday night? Yeah, yeah, that's true. We we probably honestly, I'm gonna say we're gonna know the results of this matchup after Thursday night. I think without yeah. even looking at who Chris has. But yeah, so what are your? I guess let's. That's a good thought. Let's start with the Thursday night game, Cowboys Bucks. Um, do you think the Bucks defense is gonna to be too much for Dak Prescott? And do you think that Chris Godwin's gonna have the production against this terrible Cowboys secondary? Um, I think that the Bucks defense will be. Uh, Good enough to where, like, they will clearly win the game, and I think it, it, I don't necessarily think it will be super close. I'm also anti-Cowboys. Um, however, I do think it will be good for Dak, like, garbage time, and I think it will be good for Dak and the receivers. Uh, so I think it's going to be – I think the Bucks have one of the best run-stopping defenses um, 
in the league. So I think it's going to, they might have to abandon that early if they fall behind and they might just be throwing the whole game. So I think that looks good for Dak. I think he could probably put up some big numbers. Um, and then Godwin, I really I don't know how to project those wide receivers. I think it's a lot like Pittsburgh where you could make an argument that any three of them could be the wide receiver one there, even Antonio Brown if he plays every game. But we'll see. Any, uh, uh, but I do like Dak and CD. Yeah, that's fair. Um, any, uh, any like outliers that you see this week? Like, do you see any players that are going to outperform their season-long expectations or underperform their season-long expectations this week specifically? Um, and I'll start. Um, I'll go with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I will start. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, start. I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon just because it is. Oh, we stole one. mine. Uh, well, good. That's why I wanted to go first because I figured you would say that. But um, I think he's going to outperform what he does over the course of the season because um, we have talked a couple times over this offseason that we do think Javante Williams is going to be the guy by the end of the season, and, but we also think they're going to ease him in to that workload, and we know that the Broncos like Melvin Gordon, and so – in this first game, yes, the Giants have a honestly a pretty decent defense. Um, so I don't think there's going to be that many points scored in that game necessarily. But I do think that Melvin Gordon's going to get more carries than um, he would come like midseason or end of the season. So um, any thoughts on that? And if not, give a different player you think is going to outperform or underperform based off of uh, season-long expectations. I mean, I, I agree. I was going to say Melvin. I think, especially for that first game, he's going to be in there. Um, I think if he gets, like, 10 to – or, I mean, like, 12 to, like, 17 carries, he's going to absolutely outperform this low 8.6 projection. I don't really see him getting less, um, especially on third downs. I think he's going to be in there most of them just because the pass protection is super important um, and the rookies take forever to learn that. I could maybe – See, I don't really know, I guess. Well, let me look at Grant's bench. Maybe Ruggs perform, outperforms. Someone on the Raiders has to catch passes with John Brown. Not Everyone thought kind of John Brown would be the guy. But uh, uh, I'll give I'll give the nod to Gesicki. I think he puts up some monster numbers. He should he should be starting over Goddard for sure. He, he is my guy. You pulled that out of absolutely nowhere. You, you I like, forgot Grant had Gesicki. You talked about three different guys, and you're like, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Gusecki. I was buying time for me to look through the roster, and it's Gusecki, 100%. Uh, that was funny. Okay, uh, let's move to Chris's team. Um, I guess interesting that Chris is starting Cortland Sutton at the flex versus Grant yeah. starting Jerry Judy at the flex. That should be fun. Um, that is something that might swing the matchup if one of those guys does well at the other one's expense. Um, but, yeah, he's starting Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Damian Harris and James Robinson at running back, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Cortland Sutton at wide receiver, and then Kyle Pitts at tight end. So I guess I'll ask you the same question. What kind of stands out from this lineup? I'll let you go first this time. Is there anyone that you think is going to overperform or underperform season-long expectations? I would say, quick note, they have a lot of collective Broncos and yeah. – Going on in the two teams, uh, and then like the Cowboys games and the Broncos games, they're gonna that could decide this. Um, what stands out to me, I guess, yeah, the Sutton. Nothing really crazy. I feel like stands out. I think I'm interested to see Pitts. Most interesting to me will be how Pitts performs in that first game and his usage. I think everyone's been excited for that all off season. 
what that looks like. Um, did Klein get saved from Pitts and is he a bust? Uh, who knows? Uh, I, I'm kind of lower on Pitts than the market this year, just this year, but and so I guess that is the thing for me in this matchup on Chris's side. I think I'm interested in James Robinson the most. Um, hmm. I, he's playing Houston, right? And so a terrible defense and Jacksonville, this is going to be one of their few games this year that they might jump out to a lead and have like the ability to run the clock a little bit in the second half. And so we know that last year, James Robinson was like the only running back that Jacksonville used. And he got like, I don't know the exact percentage of snaps, but it was like an absurdly high usage rate. Um, and this year, now that ETN is down, like there's, that's one of the biggest question marks I feel like is, is, is James Robinson going to command like a 90% snap percentage again this year? Or I know they signed Duke Johnson today, guys like that, or other guys going to eat into his um, snap percentage to make him a little bit less viable of a fantasy option. Um, then also how is, what is that offense going to look like with Trevor Lawrence? Are they going to, is that going to open things up for Robinson? Is that going to give him less opportunity? So that's definitely the most boring week one NFL game like the Jaguars and Texans, but I am kind of interested to see the results of that one and see kind of how that um, impacts things. Um, I'm also interested to see Jamar Chase in the Bengals offense um, currently on his bench. I don't know why, but Chase is projected for 7.6 points, which seems really low to me. Got to drop. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, he's obviously Chase's made the rounds over the preseason for dropping a lot of passes. Um, I kind of am willing to like fade that narrative just in general. And I know I made like an anti-chase take a couple weeks ago. I've now like, I'm kind of like buying the dip on Jamar Chase at this point, especially in redraft. I've scooped him in a couple leagues just because I think his ADP fell by like a couple of rounds when he was like an elite college wide receiver. It's not like he just forgot how to catch the football. And so yeah. Um, definitely interested to see that Cincinnati offense and how targets are distributed now that Jamar Chase is in the offense and now that Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is back. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of like Chase. I feel like they might work to get him involved in that first game and kind of get him off the snide with those drops in the preseason, but remains to be seen. Um, the other thing word that the Ravens are trying out, Love Bell and Devonta Freeman. So excited yeah. for them. Yeah, it's going to be – it's your Gus Edwards shares are in shambles. Yeah, I'm so scared of Love Bell. So this is also a big matchup, this Grant-Chris matchup, because we did make a $1 bet on them earlier this mm-hmm. offseason where I don't really know what I was thinking, but I did take Grant and you took Chris. Um, the recent injury news and the trade news has not made that look better for me, I will say, but um, yeah, I'm going to ride with it. So, I guess going into this, uh, your prediction for this matchup, who do you think wins in week one, looking at the matchups and, and kind of taking into account all that we just said? Um, I, I mean, it's got to be Chris. I think I'm interested, and I'll throw a question back to you. Do you think Sutton is in the final lineup for Chris, or does he make a change there? But I do think Chris wins by a hefty margin. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know who we would put in. I mean, you could maybe Debo Samuel would make sense in a starting lineup. I know he's project Debo is projected for more points. Um, 
I, I could also see Jamar Chase making his way into his starting lineup as well. I think Chase probably has the easiest matchup. Well, I guess Debo has an easier matchup against the Detroit defense, but the 49ers are going to be winning by so much. They might just run. Um, yeah, I think I think it's defensible to start Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Who do you think wins the matchup? I want to pick Grant, but I don't think I can. Uh, I think I'll go Chris as well. I don't think it's going to be as – I think so. Yeah, I think if there's a match of Grant wins this year, it's going to be this one because of the Melvin Gordon factor and the, like, Sonny Michelle might not know the playlist or playbook as well yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if Grant really is set on competing, he needs to win, and OBJ needs to absolutely pop off and try and set himself back as, like, a top receiver. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to the next matchup, which would be is it Dylan. Is that Bob or is it Josh, I think? <laughs> Wait, does that mean Jones came in eight? Um, yeah. I, I think it's based off – I don't know if it's based off of regular season or um, playoffs, but – Oh, uh, yeah, was, like with what went down in the consolidation. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, but it was like the last week of the regular season, Jones, like – I think he did end up getting like eighth or ninth because there was like a tie yeah. down at the bottom. He had the most points for I think. Don't hold me to that. Right. <laughs> I'll go to that matchup. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, let's do Bob and Josh. Um, let's start with Bob. Um, lots of trades happened this offseason. Um, and another team, we're really going to know a lot more about this matchup after Thursday night. Um, Bob is starting Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Rob Gronkowski for the Bucks. So that'll be interesting. I forgot about um, that. The triple stack. <laughs> yeah, the triple stack. Um, he's also got Derrick Henry and Najee Harris and Nick Chubb at running back. And then in addition to Mike Evans, he's got Juju, a wide receiver, um, and then Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski at quarterback tight end. Um, projected for 108.9 points. Um, actually, I, <laughs> we are like kind of adjusting the format on the fly here. Um, who do you think is going to outperform or underperform their projection that is listed on ESPN? That could be a different way to frame this. It might make more sense. Yeah, uh, man. I guess I'm thinking Najee underperforms. The Steelers' O-line is so bad, and I don't really – I think that's relying on a bunch of dump-offs. But, so, so, for the record, he's good. 13.2. Yeah, he's, he's projected for 13.2. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Najee Harris as my – he's probably going to underperform. I think Derrick Henry probably pops off for a big game here. Um, but so I think that's kind of evening themselves out. But Najee at 13.2 for a rookie on um, the worst line of football seems ambitious. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I'm going to go – uh, let's see. I guess I gotta stay true to the brands. I'm gonna go Nick Chubb under 14.1. Um, he is, so the Browns are playing the Chiefs, which is gonna be an awesome game. Um, but I, I feel like the Chiefs, like, it's so hard to run against them. Like, I mean, I don't know, their run defense, like, isn't necessarily, like, all that special, but just with how fast the Chiefs offense is gonna put up points. Yeah, 
it makes it really hard for teams to, like, establish the run against them. And so I guess if the Browns get into a game state where, like, they find themselves up 10 nothing, then, yeah, Chubb probably goes over 14 points because they'll really try to play keep away. But I think if the Chiefs go up 10 nothing, then the Browns are going to find themselves in more um, passing situations. And that's going to lend itself to more Kareem Hunt and more OBJ and everyone else. So I don't, Chubb doesn't really benefit as much from that game state. And so, yeah, I'm going to say Nick Chubb under 14.1. um, I think you just said that to offend me as a Nick Chubb slash Batman <laughs> fan, but um, I can't really make the argument against that because he ran for 69 yards on 13 carries in their playoff game, caught two passes for four yards. So, yeah, can't argue yeah, too much. Carries, yeah, 13 carries makes sense. That's kind of what I would expect. Um, but he did I average 5.3 as per usual, but you yeah. only get 13. Well, it's only so much you can do. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's not necessarily a bet against talent or even efficiency. I just don't know if the opportunity is going to be there, especially in this game. Yeah. So. Going under for Nick Chubb. Um, okay, let's move to Josh. Um, Josh is starting Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He's got Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Chris Carson at running back. Um, and then Allen Robinson and DJ Moore at wide receiver. And then Logan Thomas at tight end. Um, Saquon, is he playing week one? you got to think he is. Um it's weird, like, no report has said he's not ready or, like, not practicing. They've always – they've all just said they're going to ease him back, which means mm-hmm. he's probably not going to get 99% of the carries, but I would imagine he's probably still looking at, like, 65% yeah. of, the, of the snaps, I would assume. Maybe he's not in there on third downs to do, like, pass protection because that's not – you don't need him taking those hits, but I think any important running back touch he's getting – He's just too talented. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably true. I do think that this is probably, out of all weeks to play Jay Wood, this is probably the week that you want to play him um, because Saquon is only going to get, as they ease him back in, like <laughs> the more carries he's getting and the more work he's getting, the harder Jay Wood's team is going to be to beat. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted your take. I know he's only projected for 12.2, and so it looks like, they're kind of pricing in a little bit of that um, workload mm. question into that projection, but I will let you go. Taylor, is it my turn to go first, or did you go first? You went first. I, think I went first with Nagy, yeah. Yeah, well, thank goodness that I'm going first because I'm going to mm. stick to my brand yet again, and I'm going to take DJ Moore over 11.2 points. Mm. Um, I think that so he's playing the Jets, who have – probably the worst secondary in the NFL. Um, and, I don't know, 11.2 is not going to be that hard to beat, I don't think. I mean, maybe you might have a little bit of, like, volume concerns, given that the Panthers are probably going to win that game um, fairly easily. But, yeah, I, I think DJ Moore not necessarily, like, flies over that number, but I think he could easily score 15 or 16 this week, especially since, from what we saw in the preseason, he's been working more of, like, the underneath stuff. And so, I don't know. I, I think, like, volume-wise, like, he's just going to get a, a lot of receptions, especially this week against a team like the Jets. So, I'm going to say DJ Moore over. I will say Allen Robinson under 
because of the uh, what's his face, what's his name, uh, Jalen Ramsey effect. I should know that as a Rams fan. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I think the the Rams are absolutely. They're like if the Rams could play the Bears every game of the season, I think they'd go sixteen and zero. They just absolutely demolish the Bears. I mean, Andy Dalton that QB, please. Um, I think I think he's gonna be thrown a lot, but I don't think he'll be looking Allen Robinson's way very much. Um, I think he'll be going underneath, dumping off, and hitting your boy Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, and yeah. Darnell Mooney more than Allen Robinson. So. Give me the under there. Last season, Foles at QB, he had four targets, four catches, 70 yards, nine points. So, give me the under there. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. That's fair. I, I, 11.7 is kind of high. That's a pretty good one, honestly. I, I would have taken that one as well. Um, is there anything else on Josh's team that you want to call out in terms of um, matchups this week? I almost took the McCaffrey over. It's at 18.4 against the Jets. Um, I, I feel like every time McCaffrey plays, he gets like 23 points. And so I think that 18 might be a little conservative. What do you think? I agree. And then another thought was, as as you know, as the league is well aware, I'm very high on Logan Thomas. 8.5 feels <laughs> low. I freaking love Logan Thomas. Um He's very good. I I'm think Carson of, might be high too. I'm kind of all over the place on Jay Wood's team. I think Carson might be high. <laughs> uh, I do not like Logan Thomas. We have do we have a bet on this? Yes, Already? I think he's going to outscore Pitts this year. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's not outscoring Pitts this year. There's no way. <laughs> there um, <laughs> there's no way. Um, okay, well I'm. Um, I've decided that this is – I like this format for – leave us um, comments on our channel and in the group me if you like this preview format. But I, I kind of like this of, like, picking an over-under for each team, like a player on each team, and then also picking the game, and we can track it. And then we can have, like, a – we can make a bet on, like, either who wins each week or who wins um, the season. Thoughts? I'm down. Okay, great. So, with that in mind, who do you think um, who do you think wins this matchup? I think hmm, I think I think Bob wins. Last year, Bob came out uh, with like a hundred and hundred whole points, I believe, week one when I scored seventy. So, um, Bob is a notorious first week performer. Um, give me Bob. Okay. Um, Unless he starts Juju. I think Juju might not do well, but no, he's, I mean, either way. Start Claypool, Bob, and then I'm team Bob. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm going to mark you down for Bob, and I'm yeah. going to t- um, I'm going to take Josh. Just, I think the his team is so reliant on the Panthers, and I think this is going to be a theme a lot this year of, like, CMC and DJ Moore. That's two of his four best players, and so it's going to be pretty matchup dependent, I think, and it doesn't really – you don't get a much better matchup than the Jets. And so I'm going to pretty confidently say uh, say Josh here. Fair enough. Okay. Now, do you know who the next matchup is? Um, yes. Oh, the worst team in our league, Dylan <laughs> Jones. Dylan. Yeah, the worst team in Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 
I stand by. I stand by. Okay. Um, well, I guess let's start with uh, the most likely uh, worst team in our league this year. Dylan really uh, has every green check mark. <laughs> he has every what? He has every green check mark when it like says the advantage and oh, projection. Oh, it's just all oh, green. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Let's okay. Let's start with Dylan's team then. Um, what, what are you seeing this week from a from a matchup perspective as far as guys you think are going to overperform or underperform their projection? Oh man, uh, give me the both running backs. I think I think Zeke goes under. I think Gibson goes under. I think fourteen point five seems high for Gibson. Um, and then I think you could give me the over on both receivers. Okay, <laughs> you need to narrow this. You need to narrow this. I will line. definitively say Zeke will score less than twelve point eight. Okay, interesting. Is that just like a purely? I, mean, I already said they're going to fall behind and they're going to throw a lot. So twelve point eight is nothing, though. To be fair, uh, Zeke is nothing. <laughs> well, I don't disagree, but also the Cowboys love to feed Zeke at the goal line, and that's basically saying he needs sixty-eight yards and a touchdown, absent of receptions. I think he's definitely getting that. This is Dak's MVP season. He's coming out. He's gonna throw a lot. It's gonna be an Aaron, it's I gonna mean, be an Aaron Rodgers type load stack the stats by throwing slants on the one. Good with me. Good with me. Um, okay. I'll say hmm. I'm gonna say I'm looking at Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. I'm gonna choose something. Maybe a lot of ideas. Yeah. I'm not gonna take any of them though. Um <laughs> I'm going to say Mark Andrews under 10.1. Um, I don't necessarily know why. I just, I don't, I want to like Mark Andrews. Actually, no, I can't do that. They have so many receivers out. He's going to have to throw to someone. Um, okay, I take that yeah. off. Um, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson under 22.0, um, which goes against everything that I've. <laughs> Said about Lamar Jackson this offseason. I am kind of on the record by saying that I think he's going to be the QB1. Maybe I would like to take that back knowing the wide receiver injuries, but 22, that's not that's a pretty high number. You don't have much margin for error there. I think they are probably going to beat the Raiders pretty handily. I think they're going to be running a lot. They probably won't be running Lamar that much in a game that they're going to be blowing out their opponents. And in a game where they don't have their receivers, I think they're really going to rely on the running backs. And so I'm going to take Lamar Jackson under 22. Um, what, are your thoughts, what are your thoughts on Mike Davis, just in general? There's been a, um, I, feel like I think Wayne Gallman is the most talented back in that backfield. That's not even that's not even my bias. I just think Mike Davis sucks. Okay, well, technically that is your bias, though, by, by nature. <laughs> What's <laughs> like the definition of bias? But um, <laughs> I don't, I don't love Mike Davis either. But I, so I will, I will say that like two months ago, I was extremely anti Mike Davis, and I had that exact same take of like, I think he stinks. I think Quadri Allison is someone that's worth targeting. I think that Javian Hawkins is like worth a stash. Um, that Davis is good enough to lock down this backfield. Um, but really what we've seen over the last really couple of weeks is that the Falcons do have trust in Mike Davis, I think. 
Um, yeah. They dropped every think, running back behind him. Right. And I don't think, obviously, they don't do that if they were worried about Mike Davis being the running back one of this team. And so, regardless, I'm trying to set aside, like, what I feel and what I've thought for this whole offseason and kind of just focus on, like, now that the season's about to start, taking as much information as we can, I'm, like, definitely more optimistic about Mike Davis's um, season-long outlook. Uh, but I am still a little bit guarded because, like you, like, he was really no one. Like, <laughs> he was definitely no one on the Bears. And then he went to the Panthers, and he was just a backup. And then CMC got hurt, and he was very good for, like, half the season. But now he's going to be the running back one of the team that doesn't necessarily target running backs as much. And so – I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what kind of happens with him in Atlanta this season. Yeah, me too. Especially when Wayne Gallman wins the job. <laughs> I'll, I'll put you on the record for that. Please do. Okay. Um, let's move to um, the Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan punching bag, uh, Jones's team. He is only projected for 75.5 points, which is incredible. Um I think my first question, my first question to you is Jones is starting the Lions defense and that is the only defense on his roster. And he's also starting Austin Siebert, the Lions kicker, and that is the only kicker on his roster. Is Jones purposely starting what he thinks will be the lowest scoring defense and the lowest scoring kicker for the potential points calculation? Yes. No hesitation. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what he's doing. And I respect it. <laughs> I know respect yourself, it as well. know your worth. Jones knows he Jones knows his biggest competition for last, and he knows that um, they basically have some decent players and don't necessarily want to get rid of them. And Jones is going to the tank, and it's impressive, and it'll be a joy to watch. Yeah, last place is Jones's to get, um, and so I think we're going to be seeing this every week. Um, and I don't know if that's like a, I don't know if that's like a consequence that wasn't considered or, I don't know, I feel like I, I mentioned this as like a possibility at one point, but I don't know. If, if he's actively trying to score like negative points from his defense every week, <laughs> I know we're trying to get rid of tanking in the league. That is like pretty blatant going to impact the win-loss record of, the teams that play Jones, and I think he'll probably go 0-13 because he definitely doesn't have enough talent to <laughs> to, to score enough. And so, I don't know. Uh, do you have thoughts on that? Should defense and keep I mean, yeah, I know we talked about – I know we talked about doing, like, a tanking discussion at some point in our off-season pot ideas. I don't have any problem with this type of tanking because it's equal across the board. There were some times last year where they straight up – People just straight up didn't even start a full lineup. So I would this argue, is, I would argue this is the same thing. I would argue it's not, but it is the same thing. <laughs> no, it is the same thing though. Players, he, he is trying to lose by doing this. Uh, he's trying to score the least amount of points. He's not necessarily trying to lose the matchup. I Those are technically think- different. I don't understand why defense and kickers are included in the max potential points calculation. Um, if you'd like to take them out, please put it in the group meeting. <laughs> um, I'm okay. not well, consider them as I will be the one calculating them. It's not going to, it's going to make my job easier. I'm fine with that. 
So <laughs> well, that would be that would be my proposal because I mean I just think that it gives a really big advantage to the teams that get to play Jones multiple times, and in like week thirteen, I would like Jones to try to win his matchup because like. I don't know, like, at least you want Jones to make starting decisions that are going to help him win in a given week because, like, he knows even if I make the wrong decisions, like, it's still going to – my best possible lineup is what's going to count towards my points. And so he has no incentive to, like, not start an optimal lineup using the players that he has. And I feel like this kind of goes against that. But if anyone is listening right now that has thoughts, please put them in the group. I think it would be a good discussion. Yeah, I don't feel that strongly just because it's a kicker and a defense. Uh, I really just don't care. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna do this to every team he plays. I mean, I guess yes, the people that get to play him three times, the two people I guess that get to play him three times will benefit more. Um, but you know, that's what they get for coming one spot away from him in the rankings last year. You're interesting. Okay, well, with that as an aside, I just noticed that when I was looking at his team and wondering why he was rostering the Lions defense, but it does make sense. Um, uh, I think it's your turn to go first. So who do you think is going to overperform or underperform expectations in week one? I think um, I think James Conner scores exactly one touchdown and gets – 21 yards and he gets 8.1 points and he outscores his projection of eight. Okay. That is my official on record prediction. <laughs> I stand by it. James Connor over 8.0. Um, what is your take? Cause I know disagreements here. What is your take on the Cardinal backfield? I think Edmonds is terrible at the ADP that he's going at in redraft at like 46. Like what is that nonsense? Um, <laughs> so get out of here with James Connor. He's like, He's never won. I think he's had one carry within the five-yard line in his whole career. Not Connor. Edmonds, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Connor will have more of a role. They sign him for a reason. They clearly don't think um, Edmonds is a bell cow. Um, Kyler is not known for dumping the ball off. Like, Kenyon Drake disappeared in the receiving game last year. and But Kenyon Drake did get goal line carries. I think Connor does that, even if he is technically smaller. Uh, I think you told me that, but I think it's going to be closer to 50-50. I don't see the the ADP value being justifiably that different between the two, unless you're factoring in Connor's health, in which I don't really care to do. I think they're both equally likely to be injured. That's fair. Uh, I, I like both of them. I I agree with you that at ADP, I probably like James Conner more, but I think that the ADPs of both are pretty efficient. Um, I don't know, because I do think that Arizona is going to be a really high-value offense, and it's not like they do, it's not like Buffalo where they just, like, don't use running backs. Like, whoever the running backs are in this offense are going to be pretty valuable, and even if it's, like, a 60-40 split or even 50-50 between Edmonds and Conner, I think that makes them both, like, valuable assets this year and I just think that Chase Edmonds is going to get the more valuable work because I think that he's going to play on the majority of obvious like passing down situations and 
the Cardinals do pass a lot. And so I think he's going to see a ton of targets. And I do think that he's going to, he's the more, I think he's like the better running back than James Conner. Um, even if he kind of disappointed when he was lead back last year when Drake was out, like I, I still think he's definitely more explosive and has more big playability. And I think we are going to see a lot of like 21 yard, one touchdown games from James Conner, whereas Edmonds is going to have like, four catches on six targets for 50 yards and then also eight carries for 40 yards as well. And maybe a touchdown, maybe not, but regardless, like it's a a startable week as an RB two. So yeah, that's my take. I like your prediction on James Conner under though, uh, or over though. I do tend to agree. Um, Mine is going to be Jalen Rager under eight and a half points um, against Atlanta mainly just because I don't know. Um, eight and a half seems pretty high for Jalen Rager, honestly. I'm looking at last year, and he only got more than eight and a half twice. And all of the other times, he was around like six points. And I know he's a year two wide receiver now, and so maybe we'll see a little bit of a bump. But I don't know. Jalen Hurts, I'm not sure, is going to be able to like lead a prolific passing offense in Philadelphia. And so... Plus, I mean, they added Devonta Smith, and they have Goddard and Zach Ertz still, and I don't know. Not like Atlanta is a great defense, and that probably will be a pretty high-scoring game, but I think he's only going eight and a half, over eight and a half if he scores a touchdown, and I'll take that bet. So I'm going to say under eight and a half. I agree. I am super out on Rager um, in general. Devonta Smith's world, and we're all living <laughs> in Okay, Interesting. Um, I I don't know if I even need to ask, but do you have a uh, prediction on who wins this matchup between Dylan and Jones? Gotta be Jones, but no, it's Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I think gonna I think say. Jones I think Jones covers. What is the projection yeah. right now? What's one hundred nine minus seventy five? Seventy five, thirty four, thirty four. Uh, Jones will cover that. Book it. <laughs> I honestly don't think he will. If he's starting a lot, I don't even know if the Lions defense is going to score. I don't think they're positioned for 3.9. That seems pretty generous. <laughs> Jeff Okuda is going to get a pick six. You heard it here first. Well, I hope he, I hope that this plan of Jones to start the worst defense every week completely backfires. And the, <laughs> if the Lions have like three punt return touchdowns and Lions defense is low key sneaky. It's not. <laughs> That can't be right. I mean, they always, my favorite thing is every year in camp, they're like, man, the defense looks good today. And then it's just because the wide receivers that the Lions put out are Terrence Williams, uh, Cortez Cephas, <laughs> and Amon Ra. And they're like, oh, defense going to be amazing. It's like, yeah, the wide receivers are so bad. The offense sucks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that'll, that'll do for that matchup. Let's move on to, um, to Willis and Cole. Um, I think that's the the five six matchup. So let's start with Cole. Um, he's starting Josh Allen at quarterback, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs at running back. Although he does have Chase Edmonds and Kareem Hunt on his bench, um, he's starting DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods, and Tyler Lockett a wide receiver. And then he's starting Noah Fant at tight end. I mean, it's three guys questionable. I don't know if. I would imagine Hopkins, Fanta, and Lockett are all playing, but um, yeah, he does have three guys questionable. Um, what, what is your take on – actually, I'll, I guess I'll just do this now. Um, 
we we haven't talked about the Josh Jacobs for Amari Cooper trade yet. Um, where Cole traded Amari Cooper for Cole Beasley and Josh Jacobs. And I don't know. I, I feel like you have a more rational take on this than I do, but mm-hmm. I think that is more veto-worthy than the Patrick Mahomes trade that <laughs> I made with Klein. Um, just because I don't I don't really see that much upside with Josh Jacobs this year. Like, he wasn't that good last year, and then they signed Kenyon Drake, and they're getting worse on offense. And now we are just expecting him to be – I guess I say he wasn't good last year. I'm, I'm looking now. He was the number eight running back last year, so I'll, I'll uh-huh. come backtrack that statement before someone else says it. But <laughs> What was he the year before? It, probably in the it, top it doesn't well. matter. It doesn't matter. Here's the, he's at, he averages, like, less than four yards a carry, so you really you are just betting on, like, volume and – you want you have to have like the volume that he's receiving to be valuable before he can score touchdowns, and I do not feel comfortable betting on that, especially because he doesn't get any receiving work, and they signed Kenyon Drake, and like I said, the offense is going to be a lot worse, and the team is going to be a lot worse this year, and so that is like the yeah. the anti case on Josh Jacobs um, at the right price. Sure, I would be interested in Jacobs, but when you're giving up Amari Cooper, who is going in like the third round of redraft. And I even think that's not high enough for Mari Cooper. Like I'm all in on the Cowboys offense, obviously. Um, I've said multiple times that Amari Cooper, I thought was one of my like favorite players this year. And that's why it was hard for me to trade him to Cole when I did. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really see like, you do have like an injury risk with Mari, I guess. But with Dak Prescott, Amari was, I think in the top three wide receivers for fantasy points points per game when Dak was healthy last year. Um, and now Dak is back, and I don't really see anything different in the offense than what he kind of excelled at last year. So I don't really see too much of a, a downside case on Amari Cooper, and Josh Jacobs is terrible. And he also got Cole Beasley, which is completely irrelevant to me. And so <laughs> that is my take. I think it's a terrible trade for Cole, and it's helping Alec, who already had the second-best team in the league. You're just gifting him a like, free wide receiver, basically. And so I uh, would love to know your thoughts, though, because I, I know you have a more nuanced take on this. Yeah, I think – so you mentioned the Raiders O-line and team being worse. Uh, I don't think that's entirely true. They definitely moved a lot of pieces around on that offensive line. However, last season, I think they only had their original starting, what, five linemen play together one time. I think, and then towards the end of the season, they significantly improved. I think they moved like a left guard to right guard. And then they signed a guy to, like, fill that spot who's way better at left guard. And and then the right guard was, like, one of the highest graded once he switched over. I've done a lot of – I really wanted Jacobs this offseason, so I did a lot of research into this this offensive line situation. Also, um, true, they signed Kenyon Drake. However, Devontae Booker had, like, some nonsense, like 60 carries and, like, 20-something targets last year. I don't know how much bigger of a role Kenyon Drake has. I do think it's going to be very game script dependent for Jacobs. I think if they fall behind, yeah, they're going to be in tough shape. So I think, especially for this match with Baltimore, they're going to, he is not going to be looking great. A lot of people are down on Jacobs because he's not flashy, but he does typically fall in that like low RB1, high RB2 category. And you typically have to overpay for that, like given the ADP. So I kind of understand where people are coming from. 
you don't really get the upside that some of the other people in that range provide given like the snaps they get. Um, so I understand it. However, I think Jacobs is fine. I mean, he, like you said, he finished RB8 last year. And also your favorite thing to do is take a running back who scored in the top 10 and then say, because of all the things that he still had to deal with last year, he's going to be worse because logic. And they just don't get that much worse because the situation's exactly the same and they're still the same player. Uh, so I think he'll be fine. I think he's probably not a, high, a low RB1. He's a, probably a high RB2. And I think given the depth he had with Hopkins, Woods, and Lockett, it made some sense. So that is no. my rational take on this. It makes any sense. Also, he would have been I'm, starting David Johnson instead. That is a he, – or I guess he had Chase Edmonds. That all right. If we want to talk about something that's veto and in like retrospect, talk about the overall net return he got from Devontae Adams, which is like Josh Jacobs, Cole Beasley, Chase Edmonds, and Kareem Hunt, straight up two backups, Cole Beasley and Josh Jacobs for Devontae Adams. That is vetoable in retrospect. We should undo both of those trades. Whatever. But um, we'll move on. No, I'm not ready to move on yet because. Mm. You're not even looking at, at um, Josh Jacobs' box scores from last year, which I currently I have up. right at them. Okay. We, so how many touchdowns did he score last year? I'll tell you right now. It was 12. Jakey's scoring 12 That's touchdowns this year. Um, you seem to think that Aaron Jones can continue to do 16 every year. So, yeah, I think Josh Jacobs can continue to do 12 every year. Okay. First of all, Aaron Jones, we're not talking about him. One. <laughs> Two. The Packers' offense is – like, I'm saying this because the Packers' offense is good, and so they're, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. I don't necessarily think the Raiders are going to continue to be, like, a, a good offense even. And also, his 12 touchdowns came – he had a three-touchdown game and three two-touchdown games. And the look at his best games last season. Let's go through all of the games where he scored multiple touchdowns. Week one, uh, 25 carries for 93 yards. <laughs> 3.7 yards. Anti-efficiency. Week five, 23 carries, 77 yards, but he had two touchdowns, 3.3 yards per carry. Um, week seven, 10 carries, 17 yards, no touchdowns. I just wanted to call that one out. Um, let's see. Week 15, 26 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. That was one of his best games of the season. Like, my argument against Josh Jacobs is that he is bad and the offensive line is bad and he got bailed out by a few really big games where he scored a lot of touchdowns and I would I would guess that a lot of those were one yard touchdowns and I don't think that those those are very uh sticky year over year and so he's basically yeah, the Tyler Lockett of running backs yes even though I kind of disagree because Lockett has only been inconsistent for one year and I don't I think people are kind of overreacting to him being boomer bust but Yes, I do agree that he was last year the Tyler Lockett of running back, <laughs> and I'm going to take the under 12 touchdowns for Josh Jacobs this year, even with the extra game. Um, I think that's an unfair line, but <laughs> that's okay. Well, anyway, okay, so that was a <laughs> that was a tangent. That went about as I expected it to go. <laughs> yeah, same. Thing. Um, let's let's look at Cole's team for uh for week one here. Um. Who do you think – well, 
actually, I think it's my turn. <laughs> Every time we get to a new matchup, I'm like, <laughs> I've asked and I like don't know. So this is my turn. The next one will be your turn. I'm saying this so that I remember it. Um, who do I think is going to overperform or underperform expectations? Give me one second to look. Um, this may shock you. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs under uh, 11.9. Tell us why. <laughs> For literally all of the reasons that I just said and the fact that they're playing the Ravens, who are going to destroy the Raiders, and I don't even know if he'll get 5.9 points, much less 11.9 points. And so, Cole, if you're hearing this and you want to win this week, I would start Kareem Hunt or Chase Edmonds, um, specifically someone like Kareem Hunt who's going to get passing work against Kansas City. But, yeah, I'm taking Josh Jacobs under 11.9. I will happily, and it brings me much pleasure, to go under on Chase Edmonds at 10.8. and then, if you do, you count bench players because I think that should count. I don't think we should count bench players. That opens up a whole can of worms. Uh, well, and you know, would lose that bet much anyway. less pleasure to go with the Hunter from David Montgomery. There is no way he scores thirteen and a half points. What is he doing in Sirhan last I'm anti Bears. I'm going to murder these guys. They're so bad. he got. 14 carries, 48 yards, 5 catches, 21 yards, 9.4. Yes, slam the under on David Montgomery. Yeah, that's that's probably – I think that's a good one, too. I don't think he hits that. Um, okay, let's move to DeWillis. DeWillis is starting Tannehill at quarterback. He's got Kamara, Austin Eckler, and Miles Sanders at running back. And then Calvin Ridley and Justin Jefferson at wide receiver and George Kittle at tight end. It is your turn to go first here. So um, who do you think overperforms or underperforms expectations with uh, Duelis? I'm going to stay true to my roots and go under on Miles Sanders 13.1. <laughs> yeah. Miles Sanders is not good. He also has the drops. He and Jamar Chase have the drops, and um, that's not good. Give me the over on Boston Scott. I don't know what he has, but I'll take that over. He's been a, he's been looking good, and I think uh, Miles Sanders will not score thirteen point one. Yeah, I think that is a pretty good. Um, that was going to be what I took, and so I'm a little bit upset that you took it. Um, I, I yeah, I completely agree. I don't think he's scoring thirteen point two points. Um, I will go with. I haven't taken an over yet. I've only taken unders. I'm going to say over Alvin, candidate. I'm going to say Alvin Kamara over fourteen point nine. Um, Should we remind think, everyone we did against Green Bay last year? What did he do? Was it good? Oh my gosh! For that uh, he scored touchdowns. Yeah, it's when he had that ridiculous touchdown. He had, he had thirteen catches for 139 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> And then six rushes for 58 yards and 38 points. Please, Louise. Yeah, so I, I think my thesis on a good Camara game is just I, I guess we don't know much about the Saints offense with Jameis and Marquez Calloway and Adam Troutman. <laughs> I don't know. We like don't really know much, but I do think that they're going to throw the ball to Camara a lot, um, especially with no Michael Thomas. 
and especially because Taysom isn't starting. And so ever since the switch to Jameis, I've been much more um, confident in Kamara being like a top three running back for the season. Um, and I've moved him up to two. I think I would rather have him than Dalvin Cook um, now that it's going to be Jameis. But, yeah, I think over 14.9 is a pretty easy play. And, I, honestly, even if he doesn't get a touchdown, I think he can reach this. But certainly if he gets one touchdown, I think he's going to get 15 points. Yeah. It's a good pick. I was going to say Eckler, but I like your pick as well. Yeah. If you were going I guess, Yeah, Eckler is a pretty good one too. I, I don't know about the Washington – defense, uh, how much like running space there's going to be for Eckler. He would kind of have to get it through the air. But, yeah, I, I like Kamara too. Um, prediction for this matchup? I think I know what you're going to say, but the projection is only six points apart. I think it's DeWillis by a good margin. Is that what you thought I was going to say? Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next matchup is... <laughs> Somehow, the two teams that got third and fourth last year are you and Klein. <laughs> Everyone else is, like, playing a team that is very close to them in skill level. And I agree. Were... Dylan and Jones are very close in skill level. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair. You, are pro- you do not have a kicker or a defense on your roster <laughs> right now, and you are projected to beat Klein by 10 points. <laughs> it feels great. <laughs> It says all you need to know. Um, let's start with let's start with Klein's team. Um, he's starting Tua at quarterback, uh, Jamal Williams and Miles Gaskin at running back, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, and Marvin Jones Jr. at wide receiver, um, and then Austin Hooper at tight end. Lots to choose from here. <laughs> um, let's see. I am going to take huh. – I'm going to go with um, – this is tough. I'm between two. I'm going to go with Marvin Jones under 9.8. Um, I know they're playing um, – <laughs> I know they're playing Houston – and that would obviously lend itself towards a good passing performance. But, I don't know, I, I think they might not have to throw too much. And we don't really know what the pecking order is going to be for the wide receivers in Jacksonville. I think it's probably going to be LaVisca 1, Shark 2, Marvin Jones 3. And so, if that's the case, betting on him to get 10 points, you're kind of having to rely on a touchdown. And I don't know if I see it. So, I'm going to go Marvin Jones under 9.8. And as I talked through it, I feel even better about it. So that's okay. Yeah, uh, I like that as well, especially because you just admitted that LaVisca is the alpha in Jacksonville, <laughs> something we've all known for quite some time, but Trent's been too scared to admit. I have, uh, let's I don't think I've been scared to admit it at all. <laughs> pretty, I'm more pro-Visca than you are this year, I think. I really, really think yeah, that. Maybe. This is news to me. Um, let's see. My prediction for over under. Give me Tyler Boyd over nine point eight. I'm feeling slighter with an over. I'm a Tyler Boyd stan. When he played with Burrow, he went five tough, sixteen, seventeen, twelve, six tough, ten, twenty-two, sixteen. Where that's like a one in 
four chance that he goes below 10. So I'll take the chance. I'm not sure that's how probability works. <laughs> and he doesn't have the drops. That's key <laughs> if you want to score points. So, you know. Do you think he gets there without a touchdown? Yeah, he always does. There's no way. He's not getting 10 yeah. points unless he scores a touchdown. That's only 10 catches for 50 yards. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, but what a wild stat. That is literally that right up that is right at Powerboy Valley. That is his kind of stat line. <laughs> okay. Well, interesting. I'm gonna I don't think he's gonna get ten catches for fifty yards. I feel pretty confident in that take. Um okay. Let's do let's go to your team. You're starting uh Kyler Murray at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor and Gus Edwards at running back. Adam Steenland, Keenan Allen, and Deontay Johnson at wide receiver, and TJ Hawkinson at tight end. So, looks like you have DeAndre Swift on the bench. Um, I guess start by talking through the uh, the decision between, I guess, Gus Bus, Deontay, and DeAndre Swift. You can only start two of them. Um, Gus Bus is locked and loaded into my lineup. You're going to have okay. to pry him off of me with the 2023 first, let the record show. I've said it many times. I've told many people, but I want it on air on this podcast. That is the price. Um, he's playing against the Raiders. The Raiders, you know, the, the Raiders' offensive line might be retooled, but their defense is still ass. And therefore, he will run all over them. They will be up most of the game. He will score a lot of points. So that is why Gus is there. Taylor as far as I'm concerned, is healthy. He has no questionable mark next to him, and therefore he has to play because DeAndre Swift has been nursing an injury all offseason. So um, that is why Swift is not in there right now. I really like Deontay this year. I loved him last year. I'm elite at identifying talent in the wide receiver three slot. So he's locked and loaded in there. Um, that's probably going to be a shootout with the Steelers being behind, I would assume, just like last year. And last year, Deontay got benched. So this is a Deontay benching revenge game against Buffalo. And that is why he is my flex. Okay. Um, so did you make your prediction on over-under? Did I miss it? Yeah, it's a, it's a guest bus over. Oh, okay. Over 1.8 or over 11.8. Yes. Put it down as okay. 1.8. Okay. Yeah, I would take the over 1.8 as well, personally. <laughs> um, man, I'm really torn here between two players that I hate who I should take the under on. Um, okay, really? I am going to take – I'm going to take Adam Thielen under 12.1. Um say that. Yeah. I so I almost took Jonathan Taylor under whatever his point total is, um, but I just feel like it's easier for running backs to go over because they're a lot more likely to score touchdowns. Um, you don't know Thielen. Yeah, I mean, scoring touchdowns. Well, that, that's the thing. I'm betting on Thielen touchdown regression this year, and so I might as well double down and also bet on it in Week One. Because um, <laughs> another another scenario where if he gets to 12.2 points without a touchdown, that would be kind of wild, honestly. Um, 12 catches for 60 yards. You, I don't know why this is how you think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would also be like 18 points. Oh, no. Oh, no, it would be. 
I have PPR. That's right. Um, okay, well, he needs 12 point, more than 12.1 points, so even that wouldn't do it. Uh, seven catches, um, 61 yards. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and um, bet on the touchdown regression happening this week and him not going off against Cincinnati. I think they're going to have a pretty balanced attack, and I think that Jefferson is the clear wide receiver one in Minnesota, and I think that starts this week. So, Thielen, under. Um, but as far as the matchup goes, I am going to still, even without knowing who you're going to start at kicker and defense, I'm going to go ahead and take you to win your week one matchup against Klein. Thank you. Who's to say I even start a kicker and a defense, you know? Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, Klein is starting the Browns defense against the Chiefs. That is bold. <laughs> but, oh, is he taking two? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The Browns defense is pretty good. Uh, Brandon McManus, but he's actually wait. He totally is. I didn't even realize that. He's totally changing too. Brandon McManus. No, he's not. The Browns defense is like objectively not bad, and he they just happen to be playing the Chiefs. It's going to be incredible when Jones and Klein both start bidding all of their free agent auction budget on the worst defense each week. I really don't think that um, Klein is purposely starting the Browns against the Chiefs. I think he just saw that they were probably yes. one of the best projections and picked them and didn't no. realize they were playing the Chiefs with one. Klein, uh, please feel free to clarify if you do, in fact, listen to this. Yeah. No, please. Are you tanking? Please weigh in on the team that was the number 17 defense last year and has the, <laughs> the hardest week one opponent and probably the lowest projected point total if that was intentional, or if he really is trying to win this week or not. I'm going to say no, he's not trying to win. I will say no, Brandon no. McManus is projected to score more than Young Way Koo, So I don't think he's doing it at kicker. I, will. Well, okay. I don't think he's doing it at kicker. The, the tinfoil hat is out in the <laughs> department right now. Oh, yeah. I'm full conspiracy theory, and I don't even think it's a conspiracy theory. I'm, like, pretty confident that Jones and Klein have an unspoken tank going for defenses. Well, only time will tell. I also think I'm going to win, by the way. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I marked you down for that already, so good to know. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, let's move to Alec. Um, well, I guess this is moving matchups now. This is me versus Alec. Um, and let's start with Alec. Um, Alec is starting Russell Wilson at quarterback, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook at running back, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, and Cooper Cup at wide receiver, and Darren Waller at tight end. Um, he's got, let's see, is it my turn to pick? <laughs> no, it's my turn. Uh, okay, good, I no, it is your turn, because you I went first. Oh, it is my client. turn. Yeah. Wow. How, the t- how the table just turned. Um, man, this is a tough one, too. I already have mine. I might take it first. I'm checking someone's box scores really fast. Hmm. I bet I know who's it is. You probably do. Um, I'm going to take Darren Waller over 11.3. Is that what you thought I was going to say? Indeed. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think I I do. I'm in on Waller this year. I do like him. I mean, 
I don't I don't think the Raiders are going to be very good. Like, this is one of those things where it's like, if I'm wrong this year, I'm going to be, like, really wrong about a lot of things that are kind of related, or I'm going to be really right about a lot of things. And I think that the Raiders are going to be terrible, especially on defense, but also I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think the only thing that they might do well is pass. And so I think, like, that's why I'm, like, kind of in on Henry Ruggs having, like, a second-year post-hype breakout season, maybe. Um, and I'm in on Darren Waller, too. I think he could have, like, a 25 to 30% target share, like, if they're just dumping him the ball, if they, like, can't really protect Carr. Um, so 11.3 is a lot of points, um, but I do think he he gets a lot of receptions. And even in just looking at his box score last year, I feel like he went over 11.3 pretty frequently. And so I feel pretty good about Darren Waller over 11.3. What say you? Yeah, I also really like Waller. Um, the over there. I also like the digs over 13.9. The Steelers secondary is broken. Mm. I don't know. I've seen some weird plays where they just literally don't know what they're doing out there. Um, so give me that over. Uh, honorable mention to Joe Mixon. I think I've decided that he's my least favorite fantasy player. <laughs> just because I don't think you can in any way predict what he's about to do at any moment. Okay. Um, well, good to know. Uh, I think we should look back on those trades that Alec made and be like, why did he go from the 1.02 and Josh Jacobs to Joe Mixon and Amari Cooper when he could have had Jamar Chase and Jacobs? I don't think Mixon was that let much me, of that trade. Okay, let me, get, let me get you on the record by saying that, though, that you would rather have Josh Jacobs and Jamar Chase than Joe Mixon and Amari Cooper. Yeah, I feel good about that. No. That's ludicrous. I'll make a one mainly because Jacobs outscores Mixon. If you want, if you really um, want. Okay, I'll write that down right now. You riff for a second while I write that down. Um, yeah, let's read. Let's read Mixon's box scores from last year, guys. Let's do that. <laughs> I'll be I only played five games, so it'll be real quick. No, six <laughs> games. I'm sorry. He went five points, 19 carries for 69 yards, 3.6 yards per carry. 16 carries at 2.9 yard average, uh, 17 carries at 2.9 yard average, 25 carries against Jacksonville for 6 yards per carry, 24 carries against Baltimore for 2.5 average, and then 18 against Indy for 3 yards per carry. So if you take out the outlier of Jacksonville, he's averaging right about 3.1 yards per carry. Um, this, that is what's objectively bad. What's interesting is that this is kind of the exact opposite argument that you made with Jacob, okay. where I said uh, I his efficiency. <laughs> no, I was going to say his efficiency was bad, but the volume was there, and therefore he the numbers that he put up were fine, and he was kind of buoyed by a couple of really big games that brought his average up, but it was good in that game that so you started them. Like, how is that any different than the Josh Jacobs argument? I'm not saying it's that different. I'm saying they're pretty similar, and therefore. I would have just kept the 1.02. Well, yeah, but they're similar, but Mixon is on a better offense and he gets receiving work. (laughs) I do not think the Bengals are a better offense than the Raiders. I'll say it. That that is insane. What? I think the Raiders score – I think the Raiders win more games. You think the Raiders win more games than the Bengals? Yes. Have you watched the Bengals in the last two years? Like, actually – do you understand um, how ass they are? They are so bad. 
Zach Taylor is the worst coach in the NFL. He has won like four I, games. I agree with I agree with that. <laughs> You're gonna tell me they should outwin the Raiders, who started off last year like um, six and one, and then trolled. Granted, John Gruden yeah. is a terrible coach, but he's at least well, my, won six games in a season before. Yeah, I will say my biggest. Uh, this is. Uh, I think a fun segment will be me talking about my bets that no one cares about. But my biggest like win total bets are on the Steelers under eight and a half and the Raiders under seven. And so I'm I'm pretty anti Raiders. I apparently you think they're worse than the Bengals. So yeah, yeah, I think the Raiders are going to win like six games, six and eleven, or five and the twelve. The Bengals win seven games. That is ridiculous. Probably yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Raiders can do that. <laughs> But also, I think the I think their offense is better though. I like a lot. Their offensive line is so bad. Oh, I think the Raiders have actually a better O line than the Bengals. Um, that is probably true. <laughs> okay, so basically, <laughs> you just think Mixon is more fun than Jenkins. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they worse O line. No, I think the win less games. No, I think the offense is going to be better, and he's going to get more passing work and probably more touchdowns because the offense is going to be better. Hmm. I don't know. If they're going to be losing <laughs> more games, will they be scoring more <laughs> touchdowns? Anyway, anyway. They're moving on better to defenses. We're moving on to my team. Okay, so I've got – I'm starting three Chiefs. No, wait, sorry, four Chiefs. Oh, my god. And two Packers. Um and then oh god, so, that is ridiculous. Yeah, so it, it's really concentrated in between two games. But I've got uh, Mahomes at quarterback, Aaron Jones and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at running back, and then Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, and Julio Jones at wide receiver, and then Travis Kelsey at tight end. Um, you go first. What do you think happens um, to choose an over/under on my team? Um, uh, I'll stay true to my roots and go Clyde Edwards-Alaire under 12.2. How many times did he score over? How many times did he score over 12 last year? I don't know. Um, The answer might shock you. It's one, two, three, four, five, five times in 13 games. That's pretty low. (laughs) You probably thought it was going to be top 10 running back this year. That's pretty low. True or false? You thought it was going to be less than five when you went to open no, up five score. No, five's pretty darn low. <laughs> I'm pretty upon. If you think that that is he's going to magically turn into a top ten running back from that, uh, more power to you. But that's low. I do. Yeah, thank so, you. You know. Um, okay. I think well, you're just simply saying that because he's on your team. Uh, but no, you were we'll you were simply saying no. You were simply saying that because he's on my team. Don't forget, you tried so to we, trade. So we slide hold on, hold on. Even today. more fun fact. Today, let's you look at the let's look at the teams. Let's look at the teams where he did this against. He did it against Houston. Um, okay. He did it against Las Vegas. Okay. He did it against Denver. I'll give him that. I'll give him Buffalo. And I'll give him Baltimore. Those are pretty good performances. Awesome. Good job. <laughs> let's all clap for Clyde and Tulare for scoring more than twelve. What's the takeaway there? Um, that he's not going to score 12. That's just a fact. 12.2, exactly. He will not score 12.3. He may score 12.2, but he will not outscore it. So, you know. Interesting. That's my that's my answer. Anyway, um, I will move on, and I will say that I think – um, 
<laughs> I'm going to say Devontae Adams scores under 15.9. Wow, under um, your own team. Yeah, under for my own team. Just because I – that seems like a really high projection. Like, if, if we're looking at, like, the, the distribution of outcomes, kind of a lot has to go right for him to score 16 points. Like, you basically are saying he has to score at least one touchdown – um, I guess if he scores two, he like definitely gets there. But you're saying he has to score one touchdown and then also pick up ten points elsewhere. And I don't know. I'm. I guess I think he scores. Maybe. Maybe I don't want to do this. Actually, no. I'll, I'll stick with. Them. I'm gonna say under fifteen point nine. Not even line? trying to. Fifteen point nine. Okay. Like I would say, probably more than half the time he could have a pretty good week and still not get sixteen points. I don't know. And uh, with it. he only did that – he only didn't score that six times out of, uh, I think, 15 games last year. So, so a I, similar I ratio to the higher uh, No. I'm trying to compliment <laughs> Adams here. You're trying to turn that into a – I don't know what you're trying to turn that into. I'm, I'm getting it twisted. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, who do you think wins between me and Alec? Um, man, I just really... It's going to be close. Will it? I don't think Cooper Cup... I think, so. I think Julio Jones kind of pops off. I think you should have chosen that as over. Um, oof, the Jags defense, I've been there before. I don't love that. They're playing Jackson, so... Yeah, I'll go with you. I th- I don't know how long you're going to be able to get away with seven players on two teams, but, you know, I think this is one of those weeks where you get away with it. Do they play each other at some point this season? The Chiefs I hope the so. Guys. That'd be electric. You could literally <laughs> start everyone. You should start their so defense and pitches, off too. Just why not? <laughs> I literally would. I'm going to trade for Tunyon start him at flex. <laughs> We went through all our predictions. Um, I don't think we – so for record-keeping purposes – well, what, do you pick mm-hmm. me? Yes. Okay. For record-keeping purposes, I don't think we did an over-under on Chris and Grant's matchup. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Should we go back? Yeah. Cause we did it for Josh and Bob, right? Yes. Because okay. I chose yeah. Alan Robinson under, and I chose Maggie under. That sounds right. And – Okay, I'm writing these down. I, I'm going to listen back to this tomorrow. But I'm struggling to look for who am I looking for? What Chris and Bob's. There it is. Baker Hayclip. Oh yeah, Matt Rule is still the name. Yeah, he did. Um, and I said, how did I end up? Why Polis and Alec are scheduled against each other? That's not right. What has happened? No, you. I think you were. Maybe oh, I went. I went a week ahead. Hello. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> oh, I had Nick Chubb under. That's right. Yeah. Nick Chubb under 14.1. 14.1. And I also had McCaffrey over. Didn't we do Melvin Gordon over? I thought you stole that from me. And then I well, said... We didn't, and then say, I we said didn't frame it. We didn't frame it in, like, who do we – I think we said, who do we think outperforms their season-long expectations? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still uh, writing down – uh, Well, give me a second. I'm still writing down. You think okay. for a second. And then also wax poetic so that the people on the podcast have something to listen to. Uh, what? What does that mean? 
What just, uh, say? yeah, fill the space. <laughs> fill the silence. Uh, no dead air. There's no, you can't have dead air. Yeah. Terrible, yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible for the program. Exactly. Although, um, most of you will clearly have taken Trent's advice and go listening at two times speed by now, so the dead <laughs> air won't be that bad. That's true. Okay, I'm back. Um, cool. and I have it pulled up and I am mm-hmm. ready to make my over-under bet. Um, okay. Well, you already with Melvin Gordon earlier. Well, yeah, but I might be changing my mind. Okay, you can go. You can go first then. <laughs> start with Chris. So I can go first, starting with Chris. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm gonna go. Kyle Pitts over nine. Um, uh, I'm gonna go Kyle Pitts <laughs> under nine. <laughs> I mean, you're you're more than welcome to. I think that they're going to – well, is that who you want before I give my case? Yes. Okay, great. I'm locking you in. Well, good. I'm glad we disagreed on one of these. Um, my case is that I think that the Falcons don't have, like, that much to play for this season. Like, I'm all – I mean, they're playing for a playoff spot, sure. But I think that – they took Pitts at the third overall pick, and I think they are going to work to get him involved week one specifically. Um, whereas, like, maybe, yeah, it's a hard position to learn, but, like, I think that they are going to want to get him involved in a home game where it's like, okay, here you go, fans. Here's this player that we took number three overall, like, over a quarterback. Um, let's get him, like, a touchdown near the goal line. Like, if, if we have a gimme, I don't know. I, I just feel like Pitts scores a touchdown, so I bet this goes over nine. But I would love to hear your, your bare case on him. Um, Titans simply do not do well in their first games, unless their name is TJ Hawkinson, who people forget popped off like 23 against the Cardinals back in the day. Um, yeah. I'm just going to pitch all year on market. Oh, yeah. Well, I had to remind <laughs> you, of course. Um, but, yeah, I think he will simply underperform. That's about all I got there. Okay, let's move to Chris's. Um, no, I'm sorry, that was Chris's. Move to Grant's, and you go first. Hmm. Well, I won't kill Melvin Gordon from you. I will I say don't Melvin Gordon. So you can take him. No, let's just make him off oh. one. God, OBJ is so bad. I want to say OBJ is so bad. Uh, uh I will do. Uh, with zero confidence, uh, I will do Jerry G over 10.1. Whoa. Interesting. What's the logic Why thing? is that? I don't really have any. I don't like any of the choices, so I went with Judy because I like Judy. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is tough. I'm going to go um, – yeah, I'll go uh, – no, I don't want to do that, actually. <laughs> this is hard. Um, all of you. Yeah, I feel like all of these are, like, kind of right where I would set the line. Uh, I'll do a homer pick, and I'm going to take Dak Prescott over 20.9. That might, that, that that sounds terrible coming out of my mouth. I don't actually actually don't know if that's going to happen, <laughs> but I, I think it's I think the Cowboys are going to have to throw, 
Um, and I'm basically just betting that they're not going to feed Zeke at the goal line because the Bucks' mm-hmm. defensive line is too good. And so, yeah, maybe Dak is just going to – I mean, in the games that he played last year, he had 18, 40, 28, 37, and then he got hurt. So he did it three out of four weeks. The one week that he didn't do it was against the good defense and the Rams. But, yeah, I don't think the Cowboys are going to disappoint in week one. That would be very unlike them to do that. So we'll say Dak Prescott over. Fair. Uh, You are staying true to your love of Dak, so makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this podcast. For a second, I was like, I'm going to run through every um, over-under that we said, but it would be like unlistenable, I think, me just listing names for four minutes. So, everyone, everyone will have been yeah. writing it down at home, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. I could take a screenshot and send it, but I also don't want to ruin our guesses. And so, I don't know. This will be fun to grade. How should we do the scoring on this? Should it be like everything one is worth one per... point? Yeah. Should the matchups be worth two points? No. Do that. <laughs> okay, great. Let's do, okay, one point for everything then. Cool. Okay, well, any closing thoughts from you? I, I like this format for a preview show, honestly. We're going to have to, like, get a little bit more efficient if we want to do, like, a, a recap and a preview in the same episode. We can't That's true. <laughs> take 90 minutes on the preview part. but And if we're we trying to react live to so. Monday Night Football. So <laughs> we'll just go faster. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll, we'll fine-tune this. Yeah. Two times speed okay. of all these problems anyway, so. Well, I'm probably we kept it under 90 minutes anyway. I was kind of hoping to keep it to an hour, but I got sidetracked a few times, specifically on uh, Josh Jacobs. But that, right. that conversation needed to be had, so yeah, <laughs> I don't regret it. Okay, well, think best of luck to you in week one. I don't think you're going to need it because you're playing Klein and he's starting the bad defense. That's probably what I'm most interested to hear about. If um, mm-hmm. Jones and Klein, if you're listening, please let us know if you're tanking by starting the worst defenses. Uh, and the worst kickers you could find. I think you are. Tink thinks you're not interested to see. But, um, yeah, lots to look forward to in week one. And we will be back in the audio wave, hopefully next Monday, in the second half of Monday Night Football. So, until then, TJ and Tink, signing off.